Hi, my name is Ian Parry and welcome to What the Future, the podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. Today we're chatting with Pamela Nast in one of our special podcast series on Leaders Life Stories. Hi Pam and thank you for being with us today. Hi Ian, thanks for inviting me. That's okay, good morning. You doing good today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Weather's um, turned a bit sour but I think that I'm good. <laughs> yes, nice. Um, so we're going to jump straight into it then, Pam. So everybody listening will learn a bit more about you quite quickly. So tell us who you are and what your role is today. I'm Pamela. I am um, an operations director. My role at the moment is I have created my own company called Clear Choice Consulting uh, that supports people looking at operational excellence, risk, compliance, collections, systems, customer experience, a whole raft of things, really. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at at the moment. Cool. Okay. So you're bringing sort of all your years of experience and, and applying it into into sort of helping lots of people at the same time then, yeah? Yes. Yeah, because sometimes when you're in it, you just can't see what's going on or what's not happening. So um, I know people are loath to bring an outsider in, but it can actually help uh, somebody just seeing the wood for the trees, somebody external having a look at it afresh. Yeah, definitely. And we we've known each other for a, a number of years, haven't we? And you know, I think um one of the things I've always remembered about you is, you know, how kind of clear you can be with people, um, and how straightforward and how um, you know, sort of the the candor that would come from you would be, you know, part of the part of your MO, I suppose, as far as getting things done. Do you think is that fair? I, th- I think that's fair. I think candour isn't always received in the spirit it's given. No. Uh, so sometimes people see that as being too assertive or aggressive or, or just too frank and honest. Mm. Um, hopefully my candour isn't offensive. It's yeah. factual. Um, it's accurate. Uh, or it's a reflection of the sentiment of staff or customers. Yeah. Um, but often uh, people can receive that and uh, not in the spirit it's offered. Yes. Uh, which yes. can be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And the, the branding for your company um, sits around your, your glasses, doesn't it? So you obviously, I've known you for, for years and you've always sort of had pretty stylish glasses and they've come through in your brand now as well. Yeah, well, I was trying to think about something that represented me. Um, yeah. I was going to potentially go for a red hair colour because <laughs> my hair goes lots of different colours for those that know me. Uh, but I thought glasses was something because... Um, I suppose inadvertently, without really thinking about it, I picked something about the clear choice, the vision, the, yeah. the looking through somebody else's eyes, as well as sort of my glasses. So that felt like quite a good tie-in, actually. I spent quite a lot of time thinking about the logo. Yeah. It has to be quite simple, but it has to be quite uh, clear, ironically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I, there's a lot um, of talk these days about um, authenticity. Um, yeah. And and you know that you know we get these buzzwords and these buzz thoughts knocking around, but but I think you know what I've all what I would always consider with you is that you know there's only one version of you, yeah. And that is you know you'll get an honest bit of feedback, you know you will get a hundred miles an hour work, you'll get loads of hard work as a result of that. Um, so I think mm. you know coming through your your own business then having it representing you with that sort of clear and, and sort of clear choice and your glasses and and your personality coming through is pretty cool actually. 
Thank you. That hasn't always been the case, though. I did, when I was younger, particularly a younger manager, I did struggle with authenticity. Yeah. And it's quite a difficult word to even define on a personal level. What does authentic mean to me, right? What does it mean to you? Yeah. Um, and I did, as I say, when I was younger, I did try and be lots of different people for lots of different people. Yeah. Um, and that is absolutely exhausting. I don't know if anybody's ever tried that. Uh, it's literally exhausting. Yeah. Um, and you need to be spending your emotional energy on the right things and yeah. trying to be all things to all people just isn't it. Even though you want to try and fit a mould for, for the right reasons, yeah. I think it's really important that you're true to yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can go home and say, that was a difficult conversation, but I'm glad I had it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know I didn't necessarily please that person, but actually that, that was the right thing to do or say. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think authenticity is quite difficult, but it is absolutely the right way to go. Ah, spot on. So let's let's learn a little bit more about earlier life, Pamela, then, so we can start to appreciate how you are, where you are, and what you've kind of learned along the way, then. So, what's what's your first memory growing up, then? Oh, as a child. Yes. Oh, um, funny enough, I was a people pleaser. Um, I was very studious, um, really wanted, particularly my dad, to be very proud of me. I was very close yeah. to my dad. Um, I say he was very close. I still am. He is still on this planet, I'm glad to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so very much I wanted to do really well at school, really wanted to impress. Yeah. Um, and I really pushed myself, in, probably in retrospect, to my own detriment. Okay. But I didn't care because I got praise and I was pleasing people and therefore... Yes. Um, that's why it's it's quite interesting. It leads into the authenticity um, conversation mm. we just had. Yeah. So so from an early age, then you were you weren't being authentic to yourself, but you didn't quite recognise it like that, I suppose. No, because when you're young, you don't you don't think about those things, right? You know, self awareness yeah. is is virtually zero when yeah. you're um, young, and probably till potentially even up to your twenties, right? Because you're doing what you think is the right thing at the time. Yeah. Um. And and hindsight and retrospect is a fantastic thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I was just really pushing and trying to do what I thought other people wanted me to be and wanted me to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny, isn't it, how we spend a lot of our lives doing things that don't necessarily make us happy. Um, they make we think they make they make other people happy. Um, and it's and it's again, you kind of locked in that sort of those thoughts in your head as to what what you should be doing rather than just doing what you actually want to do yeah uh, but also taking the time to think about <clears throat> where do I want to be you know and how do I get there and what are the stepping stones to get there yeah. you don't necessarily again have that self-awareness or, or hindsight to really think and plan yeah. so even though now I'm a, a self-contrast control freak and you know I'm a very I'm very much a planner um, you know, in my sort of uh, youth, which, which feels like a million years ago, I, I wasn't. I would just sort of, you know, plunder along. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of go, oh, I think that look, would look good. I think that would look great on my CV. Or I think, yeah. you know, my parents would be pleased if I did that or my friends would like it if I did that. So yeah. um, I didn't really know myself as a person, I don't think. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so so just tapping away at that a little bit then. So um, let's talk a little bit more about your journey to where you are today so talk to me about the the journey from sort of Pamela from school through to where you are now um yeah so I think a, a turning point for me was when I went to college and I became a student rep yeah 
Um, because uh, anybody that knows me knows I'm fairly vocal. I'm fairly mm. outspoken. Um, and I'm not afraid to to, to speak up. Um, the way I articulate it wasn't always necessarily the right way. But, you know, I was very confident, uh, as you are in the confidence of youth, that you're doing the right thing. So being a college rep was a turning point for me because actually um, I felt that I could fit a position where I was speaking up for people, yeah. uh, particularly as I was bullied in school. I did, you know, I, that was a bit of a turnaround for me to feel that I could stand up to people uh, you know, for other people and yeah. two people that I felt weren't treating people the right way. So yeah. it was a great transition point for me around, well, actually, no, that I'm right to speak out about this. This isn't the right thing. Mm. Um, and then from there, I moved out of home and I needed to pay the rent. And I fell into collections, like I hate to say most, most people tend to do. <laughs> so yeah. well, I've got to pay the bills. And I remember I was going to the interview and my sister said, oh, just talk about DSO and age debt. And I was like, okay, I'll do that then. And then I, I became a credit controller. Um, and then over the years, kind of my responsibilities grew from there and sort of billing, complaints, payments, yeah. customer journeys, compliance, all, all those types of things. So Yeah, wow. So you kind of you applied that kind of that voice and that hard work into something and you got sort of promoted several times. Um, but it doesn't, like like most of us, it doesn't sound like there was a plan. Oh, I'll do this and then I'll be promoted and I'll do this. And then, hey, presto, in 20 years time, I'll be running my own business. Well, no, because um, I kind of wish there was because I might know where I might go from here on in, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I suppose I've always... Um, I've always wanted more. Mm. I love responsibility. I love getting my my um, my hands dirty, really getting involved, meeting people, and at the end of the day, feeling like you've made a difference for the for the yeah. right, you know, doing the right thing and and making a difference is really key. Yeah. Um, and so, I've been called ambitious in the days when to be ambitious felt like a dirty word. You know, it's like oh, she's she's a bit ambitious. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, and <laughs> is that a bad thing? Well, is that something wrong? You know, it made me question, well, what's wrong with me being ambitious? Is that yeah. the right thing? Um, and there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. Yeah. And also, I like variety. And so once I've cracked a nut, I want the next one to crack, right? What could yeah. I do next? You know, who can I help next? What could we be doing differently? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's always an evolution, I think, of things as, as you progress through your career. I would agree. Um, and when we first met at First Utility Shell, yeah. Um, you came in as a senior manager looking after billing. Yep, billing manager, yep. So clearly you kind of, you'd evolve from like a, an out and out collections person to have some billing background. Um, and, you know, your your sort of success and ambition at First Utility Shell um, was was pretty remarkable in, in, in my opinion. You sort of arrive as a senior manager and you leave as a C-suite director sat on the executive board, which, yep. you know, I, I just think these days happens less and less. You tend to have people coming in at a certain level and maybe going one or two above. But, you know, that's it's probably four or five levels within an organization, um, which I think is is pretty phenomenal success. Yeah, and quite shocking, again, in retrospect, because you don't necessarily tend the time to look back and go, where did I start, what was I doing, and, and kind of where I am now. Um, part of it is luck, I think, you know, uh, in terms of there was lots of transition in the business, lots of change, lots of uh, change of, of uh, senior structure CEOs, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then conversely, um, th- there's a lot of hard work, right? Uh, so as, uh, as soon as a new uh, manager comes in or a new CEO, uh, there might be a new strategy. And it's almost like you have to start again, right? You have to show you're the right person for the role. Yeah. Um, and if you've done the right thing and you've delivered, you've got something at least to show, well, here's, here's some back history. Yeah. But you've got to keep proving yourself. I said to someone once, it's a bit like being a pop star. You're only as good as your last record or yeah. your last hit. Yeah. Um, so you have to keep showing that you are the right person for that role and keep keep pushing and keep uh, delivering um, and keep questioning to make sure you're still doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, and then conversely, you, get, you do get imposter syndrome, right? You know, as soon as you have a promotion, you're like, whoop, can I do this? <laughs> Are yeah. they sure they picked the right person? And I, I genuinely think everyone has that. Do you, no matter yeah. who you are, I, I genuinely think everyone has a moment where they say, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit scared now. Is that the right thing? But actually, that is the right thing, to be doing something you're scared of, to be pushing yourself. That's the only way forward, right? Yeah, yeah. No, Because I, I comfortable equals boring for me, so that's why I'm always trying to do something, something fresh. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Um, and is, is, is there a... A life lesson that you sort of picked up over or if you shared a little bit of experience there and some advice but is there a another life lesson you've kind of picked up through this that you kind of go you know either you share with your daughter um or with sort of people that you're mentoring that you kind of go do you know what if there's something you should take away from this conversation with me it's it's this here's what i've learned about my career and, and how i think of things yeah, so over the years I've done coaching and mentoring for, for lots of different people at lots of different levels. Um, and it's almost a little bit sad. We don't believe in ourselves half as much as other people believe in us. Mm. And that would be the key lesson. I mean, you can achieve so much more than you realise you can achieve. And even if you can tell that to somebody else, their face is a picture because they're like, what? You're like, no, you've got this. You can do this and you can do more. I yeah. truly believe in you. And they're like, that's so powerful yeah. to have somebody else tell you that yes. uh, because we, we don't believe in ourselves half as much as we should. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually we can achieve so much more than we think. So yeah, that would, I suppose, be my life lesson. Yeah. Because if you'd have told me that I would be C-suite, I would be like, no, stop for me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the right person for that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh, cool. That's, that's a good one. Um, and, and I, I get this next question is about daily routines. Um, and I suppose for you, I'm I'm interested in how it's changed as well from you know the your, your last C-suite role at Shell and now you're running your own business. How that how that's changed. So first question: Do you have a daily routine that kind of sticks? And the second one is: Has that changed from your C-suite role to where you where you find yourself now? Yeah, it's it's been. It's been um, an experience for me, right? It's been a learning experience. Uh, so when you're in any role, well, any role that I've had, there's no one day is the same, which is what I love. There was yeah. lots of variety, lots of meetings, lots of discussions, um, some thinking time. Whereas when you transition to your own company, it is literally you, right? <laughs> you don't have people to draw on or bounce ideas off necessarily as much. Um, and you're thinking about, well, what's your branding? What's your strategy? Who's your audience? Um, what's your selling point? Um, who are your contacts, right? Who's your network? Who's your market? So mm. although there's variety, it's a different type of variety. And, uh, and some of this is is new ground for me to be breaking. Mm. It's new stuff that 
I haven't really thought about. Um, you know, back to, well, who am I as a person, right? What, what do I bring? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. What do I bring to any conversation, to any business? You know, what can I do? And similarly, what can't I do? What are my limitations? Because I think that's really important to, to understand. Um, so you don't put yourself out there and purport to be something that you can't deliver on. Mm. Back to authenticity and also integrity and credibility, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if I went out and said, oh, I can build you a website. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could. Um, <laughs> and then how embarrassing would that be if you got there and then you couldn't deliver? Yeah. Uh, so for me, there's been a lot of uh, thought. There's been a lot of thinking about what am I, who am I, what do I bring, what don't I bring, and then how do how do I sort of create a set of plans that help me sort of progress that? Yes. So so it, it sounds like then you've had time to sit back and reflect, um, but but it, you've also it sounds like. To an extent, it's 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 a solo, um, lonely journey as well. Being a, a, a sort of a, a a businesswoman setting up for yourself from scratch is that fair? Yeah, and and um, I know people say, "Oh, I'm a people person," but I genuinely am. I I love. I will chat to anybody. Um, I'm not sure that's because I'm where I'm from originally, a very small town where I kind of knew everybody. Yeah. Um. So, for example, I remember when I moved to London. I chatted to someone at a bus stop and they looked at me like I was literally <laughs> like, who on earth are you? To, who are, how are you? I only asked when the next bus is going along. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been difficult for me, but conversely, I've, I've, when I do reach out to people and even people I haven't worked with for ages, they've been so kind and nice. They've been so supportive. They've been so helpful. Um, and some of that feels a bit like like karma, like goodwill. Yeah. You know, yeah. you should treat people, obviously, how you should want to be treated. But I'd like to think that if I hadn't had great relationships with those people, they probably wouldn't even respond to me. Yeah, yes. So um, although it's been lonely, it's taught me a lot about my relationships, my private, my previous relationships, my current relationships, um, and similarly who will support me and there's a lot more support than you realize actually and don't be afraid to ask for help right yes because we don't know it all sometimes we think we do but actually we don't (laughs) no no and that that help bit you know as as a as a sort of a self-diagnosed control freak as you mentioned yeah do you think that's harder for you to sort of reach out yeah because in all in the roles i've had previously i've been the person that people come to for help yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, how do we get past this issue? I need some sign off for this. I need some headcount. I need a business policy decision. We need to engage with the regulator, whatever that might be. Yeah. And so for a while, I thought, well, I, I know what I'm doing. I, I don't need any help. But actually, recognizing that it was a new world yeah. that I'd never dipped my toe into, um, it was harder for me to say, could you spare me some time for a conversation? <laughs> um, and and people like yourself, Ian, have been so helpful, so useful, so insightful for me to understand a little bit more about where I'm going and what, what I should be doing. So although it was difficult, once I broke my duck, that was it. I was off yeah. asking everybody for help. <laughs> and also there's a lot on the web, you know, there's um, YouTube, TED Talks, yeah. um, Harvard Business Review, LinkedIn articles, groups, forums, webinars, yeah, you know, there's a load out there that that yeah. probably um, 
we don't tap into as much as we should. No, no. And and of course, now you've got time because you're clearly your day as a C-suite would have been meetings back to back. People always sort of gravitating towards you. You've got time for that investing in yourself, which is which is an odd sort of thing, isn't it? Because, you know, when you're in a role like that, you definitely need time to reflect and, and you need time to invest in yourself to sort of continue to develop. But you don't get the time. No, I mean, I would put maybe an hour in a week to think, oh, I'll, I'll have some some focus time or some, some yeah. thought leadership there. Yeah. And as sure as eggs is eggs, somebody would put something really urgent over that slot. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's something that as I got, maybe not better at time management, but more disciplined about time management. It's like, mm. well, unless that can't wait for the hour after or for, you know, the following day, mm. I'm going to keep that slot and I'm going to commit to it. And yeah. even if it's only an hour, to think about what's going on in my world I'm, I'm actually going to do that yeah. um so you're right it's, it's a difficult discipline to do because your own development as a, as everybody will probably say is probably the first thing that gets pushed off the off the to-do list when you've got so many other things that are pressing yeah yes there's, there's been so many of these podcasts i've done with leaders where um investing in yourself and being selfish in that regard is, is a difficult thing to do um actually um and I, and I and I kind of wonder why why that is it's almost like we will help everybody else first um and us, ourselves last kind of like on a plane you put everybody else's masks on <laughs> and then you'll find yourself on the floor because you haven't got any oxygen and that is true it's like caring for the carer right you know you need to make sure that that, that the carer is well so they can look after everybody else and that that feels a little bit back to front sometimes because it's like, well, I don't feel I need any help. All these other people that are sort of, you know, sending me messages or wanting meetings, they need my support. They have to come first. But conversely, making yourself better will also help them in yeah. time. So it's actually a virtuous circle. You just yeah. don't realise it at the time because yeah. there's so much in your face that's yeah. going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so now sort of moving on to um, a, a grander, larger topic then so talking about sort of bias and whether that be sort of um gender bias um or racial bias do you do you think and in your opinion is this going to be removed in in our generation or is this something that we're just stuck with as far as bias is concerned i think i think it's improved you know um i did a webinar at where I used to work on diversity and inclusivity and we, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about for example I don't have a degree yeah. um, and that always bothered me uh, yeah. that I didn't have a degree um, and there are a lot of companies that do want people with degrees um, and actually so what if you did something 20-30 years ago you know yeah. it feels that there's much more you can bring than necessarily just a degree yeah. so um, I'm not sure it will change completely but I think it is going in the right direction I mean when I think about some of the things when I was at school that that we would say to people you know it it was outrageous in retrospect you know um and when you think about things that were on the telly and and things that were said you know that whole how you treat people and the bias and what you perceive about somebody um I think there's a natural part of that you know you walk down the street and you might see someone and you will make a judgment of them by their cover right whether you realize it intentionally or not you kind of do um but what 
I've tried to do over the years is is put that aside and and just get to know the person. Mm. Um, a perfect example is my daughter went to um, get uh, her her top array pierced, and we went to a parlor and um, there was lots of piercings, lots of tattoos, and in the old days, those people would have been judged to be a particular type of person. Yes, but, but that's absolutely not the case. Um, you know, so when you get to know people and when you try and push that aside, um, often you're pleasantly surprised yeah. because we're all human, right? We all cry, um, yeah. we all laugh, we all got family, we all got love, we all got frustration, angers. Yeah, but that's, that's no different. Um, yeah. Yes, so just getting past those initial judgments that over the years we've kind of used a shorthand to speed things up in our brains, but actually get getting past that judgment involves talking and listening and learning and being curious, I suppose. Absolutely. Um and I'd like to think my bias is, is gone, but it, it does, you know, I think we've all got a little bit still there. Even if you meet someone that reminds you of somebody else, right? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't yeah. particularly get on with. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's still a, a a bit of a bias sort of in the back of your mind there. So yeah. I think it's about pushing that aside and saying, okay, clean slate. Yeah. Let me just talk to this person and understand a little bit more. Let me listen to what they're saying and actively question what they're like, where they're from. Um, and I haven't met anybody yet who I thought, mm, yeah, actually, they're exactly the answer they'd be. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is nice, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that is, that is good. It's a good way of looking at it. Um, and, and finally, Pam, sort of, where next for you in, in, in your life, in your career then? Um, how does how do you think it sort of maps out in front of you? Oh, that's, I think that's quite a difficult one because, um, weirdly, not having a plan, a, a formal plan has kind yeah. of worked out <laughs> until yeah. now. Um, although when I think about the things I want to achieve, they're not necessarily this particular role or do you mean this particular yeah. company? It's more about. I suppose how you feel in yourself, right? How you feel in yourself as a person. Are you comfortable that you're in the right role, the company's got the right values, or you're working with the right type of people? Because toxicity is like a poison ivy; it just seeps everywhere, and and sometimes you don't always see it overtly at first, and then after a while, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling right about this situation, mm. and you can get sort of um, poison yourself. So, I think it's more about me feeling that I'm making a difference, that I'm being authentic, yeah. that I'm acting it with integrity, and I'm with similar people that really want to make things happen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's, yeah. that doesn't really answer your question. No, it, think, it, it, it's more it, about the that, that seems a bit you know the emotions, but it is more about how you feel in yourself because yeah. that's what's important at the end of the day. It it is, but it's. It's a, it's a good way of looking at the the future in in a sense because you know you're not talking about a job title you're not talking about a business you're talking about you know with you you sort of bringing all your learning together and you kind of go well here's what I would like the next thing to look like I would like to feel this way I would like to be involved with others that feel in a similar way and it's obvious the the mission of whatever you do next is is really important to you as well yeah and that's only because I've been at places which have where the job's paid well but actually I've been really unhappy mm. 
And and what what you need to remember is there's always a choice, right? There's always a choice. You might think there's no choice, but there's always a choice. Yeah. You know, I've I've left roles and taken less money so I can move on to something I'm I'm happier with and I feel it's got a better future. Mm. Um and and sometimes it's easy to forget that because you feel trapped, you feel like you've got to stay there, you'll be letting people down, you know. So actually, um it seems a bit again, selfish again, but you have to be true to yourself. You know, life's too short, and particularly in terms of mental health, which we're much more aware of nowadays, you've got to to feel like you're doing the right thing for you and your family. Yeah, spot on. Um, so that's the the end of the podcast, Pam. Oh, okay. That went nice and quickly, didn't it? Um, too really, quickly. I think so. Um, really love the the different approaches that you've been able to share with us today, and I know that there'll be. Lots of people listening that will will be sort of earlier in their career that'll be thinking along similar lines um, to you, and and hopefully listening to you today, it, it'll give them you know an accelerated uh, approach to to what they do next, and and if they can avoid some of the things that you've experienced, and and they can get past that, then I think we've done our job as leaders. Um, helping the the next generation of leaders and, and this podcast has done its job as well. So um, thank you for today, Pamela. I appreciate that. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. It felt like a bit like a therapy session, but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. Cool, thanks. Um, so as always, thank you for choosing to listen to What the Future. If you enjoyed this episode, then please hit subscribe and tell others about us. And finally, mentoring is a hugely valuable step on the leadership journey. And we've we've talked about that again today and we're here to help. So if you feel the same way, then please get involved. Tap the join us button on our webpage, which is www.futureleadersmentoring.com. And of course, follow us on LinkedIn where we have loads of activity and, and conversations going on. So please um, come and engage with us there. So for now, goodbye and we will speak again soon.